Hey, youth ministry leaders, and welcome to episode two of the Forum Podcast. Our hope is that we're able to encourage you and provide helpful information for your ministry. My name is Brandon Lewis, and I'm so excited to be back. We released episode one and then a combination of weather and a curveball related to our youth camps and several other things required our full attention. But we are so glad that we're here today and we have a fantastic guest to share with us. Terry Townsend is the assistant pastor at First Baptist Church in Gina and is an absolute youth ministry legend in our state. I met Terry when I came back to the state to serve at First Baptist Church in Houghton and was invited to be a part of the advisory board. Terry, I have always loved hearing how long you've served in youth ministry and look forward to learning about the benefits of longevity and uh, long tenure from you today. Thank you for being with us, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. How are you this afternoon, my friend? I'm doing good. Good, good. Well, let's jump right in. Terry, um, I've mentioned that you've been in ministry a long time. Can you share with us how long you've served in youth ministry? Sure. I started in youth ministry in January of 1983, some 38 years ago. Wow. And I'm currently been serving at First Baptist Church in Gina for 27 and a half years. Wow, that is incredible, incredible. So, Terry, what drew you to youth ministry? And um, maybe what is it about youth ministry that's kept you passionate about serving this age group? Well, funny, I did not grow up in church. Uh, I got saved uh, when I was a teenager and... uh, the church that we went to was a little missionary church. It had two youth in it, uh, mm-hmm. me and my girlfriend, and about an 80-year-old woman that was teaching Sunday school. And I can tell you a thing she was talking about because I wasn't there for Jesus. I was there for the <laughs> right. girl. There you and, go. Uh, but I got saved, and right after I got saved, my father lost his job, so we had to move uh, from Columbus, Ohio, to Dayton, Ohio, and I ended up in a, a city called Dayton, Huber Heights, and uh, went to First Baptist Church of Heber Heights for uh, a Sunday and went into the youth group and went to Sunday school and not a single person said hello to me. No kidding. I was not even recognized as being a visitor by the teacher. So that did not end well. So I I did not go back there, but I found out from a guy uh, who invited me to a FCA meeting and uh, he invited me to come watch Monday Night Football. Okay. And we went to his, went to the guy's house, and we watched the first half, and we ate and laughed and talked about the game. And then at halftime, he would share a short devotion and talk about the different things that FCA was doing around to help teenagers. And uh, that intrigued me. So Ken Rebuck was really my mentor. And he would even tell me that on... Anytime I had a question about the Bible or any question about uh, my spiritual walk, I could come to his house. Mm. And uh, he mentored me, and uh, I saw the impact that it had on me. And I just uh, kind of put that in the back of my brain and never really thought about it for a long time. I joined the Air Force uh, one year after I got out of high school, and uh, I was stationed at England Air Force Base here in Alexandria. Uh, okay. I met my wife there, and I met this guy named uh, Ray Ford, who was the minister of youth and music. And he invited me to some youth activities, even though I was in the Air Force. And uh, 
allowed me to see how he worked with teenagers. Well, that didn't last very long because I got shipped over to Italy. And uh, while I was in Italy, I just kind of felt like God was calling me into the ministry. And I really didn't know what that was like uh, or even gave it much thought. Uh, But I just had this nagging call that uh, he wanted Mm. me to go into the ministry. Mm. So I love that. We moved back to Parkview. and I was getting ready to transition out of the Air Force because uh, I had given it eight years, and I thought that was uh, really what I needed to do. So I asked for God for signs. I said, okay, God, if this is really what you want me to do, go into ministry, then you're going to have to really spell it out for me. Right. Uh, so my father-in-law, who was not a spiritual person, I had talked to him on occasion about getting out of the Air Force, and he asked me what I was going to do. And he said, well, maybe God wants you to work with teenagers. And I went, what did you just say? <laughs> so he told me he told me the same thing. I always thought I wanted to be a state trooper because that, oh, that was a cool job, right? Right. Driving around, uh, writing people's tickets. Uh, but during that time, uh, Louisiana put a freeze on hiring state troopers. So I saw that as a sign. So uh, I surrendered to the ministry, and I knew that God had called me into youth ministry. So I got out of the Air Force in November of 1982, started LC in January of 1983 and Ray Ford took me on under his wing and let me to be the part-time youth and children at Parkview. And he let me fail. He let me do my own thing. And he'd set me, bring me aside and say, you maybe should think about doing it this way and this way. So that he allowed me to do that while I was at LC for two and a half years. And then I went to Southwestern uh, seminary because uh, I really felt that's what God wanted me to do, mm-hmm. to uh, get enriched in my uh, background in the church since I didn't grow up in the church, give me some uh, things to work on. And I got a Briggs and Black degree while I was there and uh, graduated from seminary in 1987 in December. And in January of that year, I was without a job and First Baptist Church of Columbus, Texas called me. They never had a youth minister before full time. Oh, wow. I have never been that before. <laughs> so uh, they, I got to cut my teeth there for a year, and then they ran out of money. Uh, so it was an inter- interesting experience. Just to, And God validated my call while I was there, and he's never called back to call me into anything else. So I feel like man, I am doing what I'm doing. What an I'm adventure. Doing. What an adventure. I love it. So, Terry, what, um, what about next generation or the teenagers, teenage years, that age group, um, what is it about that age group that's kept you um, attached to serving them? Uh, You know, we understand that God calls us to that age group, but um, practically there's got to be some things that keep you connected to them. What are, what are some of those things? Okay. Well, first of all, no matter what generation the teenager is, they need just need somebody to love them. That's right. To get to know them, to put away, uh, to accept them whether they play sports or not play sports, to mm-hmm. just to get to know their first name, so to speak, uh, to build relationships with them. And that's what I felt like that was part of my call was just to build relationships with people, especially teenagers. And uh, in my ministry, we, I have this uh, thing that I do. I don't ever use your last name. I always okay. use your first name because a lot of people's last names associated with money or prestige or like that. So okay. I call everybody uh, by their first name. 
And most of the time I make up nicknames for them. Yeah, uh, I do Just that. To, uh, to connect with them. Uh, the generation we work with, they're... They're still kids. They're still right. people that want to care you to care about them and spend yeah. time with them. So that's what I try to do, and I've always tried to make that my mission. Yeah, I love that because I've shared often with, especially younger youth pastors, how you know this generation, any generation, as you've said, um, they really just want to know somebody cares about them. Right. They want to know somebody recognizes they're on the planet and cares that they're present. And that they're there. So, Terry, um, you and I both have have served several, uh, quote unquote, generations of teenagers. And there's a lot of conversation these days about Gen Z and the different characteristics that make up their generation. What excites you about Gen Z and uh, the the potential that you see in their lives or even the preteens that are moving into student ministry? Well, one thing. They know how to use a computer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They know how to use technology. They know how to uh, reach other people. Uh, They have taught me one thing. They taught me a lot of stuff about the computer. And what I've allowed, that allows me to do is just to give that job to them Mm -hmm. and allow them to use their gift. Uh, Yes, they are a generation that it may not seem like they care but they really do care and they want to make a difference in different areas of that we would have never even thought about generations yeah. ago. Yeah. We would not that we didn't care, it just wasn't an issue on the mm-hmm. table. Whether it's racism or what's going on in the United States and split. Uh so uh, I just kinda it excites me to know that uh when they come, they just want to tell me their story, what's mm-hmm. going on in their life and mm-hmm. how things are going and, and uh keeps me on my toes to kind of know what they're going through. And, uh, I don't ever try to answer their, all their questions, but I always try to point them to the Bible and say, Oh, you could probably look that up. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, as you're aware, youth ministry leaders have uh, been known, maybe stereotypically, but there's truth in it. Uh, but student ministry leaders have been known for having a relatively short tenure at a church before leaving to serve in another field of ministry. That seems to be changing some in uh, recent times, recent years, but probably uh, because that's been a topic of conversation for a while. We've talked about the benefits of long tenure and staying at a place. You've served at FBC Gina for a while now, a good long time. So share with us, Terry, what are what are some of the benefits that you have seen and experienced about uh, a long tenure at a church? Well, my first church was only a year long, okay? <laughs> and uh, it bothered me that I had to leave, but I just couldn't, my family financially, I couldn't make it there. Right. So I, I served, the next church was two and a half years, and it was like after two years, you finally get your feet, your footing, and you start to feel the effects of your ministry and how it's affecting other people, and you begin to expand. Mm-hmm. And that was cut short by uh, a pastor who... Uh, didn't need me anymore. Okay. So, uh, I got out of youth ministry for a year and, uh, people would call me and say, Hey, we're interested. And I just, would just not, I was just not ready. Uh, but first Baptist Gina called me and they said they needed somebody to come and establish a youth ministry. And, uh, <clears throat> nowadays, and probably was true then that you didn't do just one job. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I was youth in education when I was first called there. And uh, I said, okay, God, this is where you want me. I'm not leaving till you tell me to. So I didn't pursue anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, there were t- tough times. The money wasn't always there, but I just knew that's where God wanted me to stay. So uh, I've been there all that time because I, one, I didn't look for any other place to go. And two, I knew that's where God wanted me. Yeah. So I think that's important that, uh, for us to know that uh, it's easy to leave, mm-hmm. but it's uh, harder to stay, but the benefits are a lot, so much more. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the benefits of long tenure, you have a consistent, consistency in your leadership. Uh, when I walk into the church now and I say, I need some people to help me, they know what they're getting into. They don't have to worry about <laughs> good making, or bad. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. They don't have to worry about uh, me making wild decisions or anything like that because they've seen it. And, they, and I say, well, Pete, trust me, go talk to this person. They've been in it. Mm-hmm. Or go talk to this person. That's been in it. And I have people that will say, when my child gets in there, I want to be one of your, your leaders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there have been times when that's not been true. <laughs> right. Uh, and I always try to use parents uh, in my leadership because they have teenagers and they can keep me uh, up on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one thing is if you stay long enough, people begin to trust you. Yes. Uh, and <clears throat> that helps in getting money. That helps getting in programs and it allows you the opportunity to do things that maybe a first or two, one year, two year guy couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, like when we first got to first Baptist church of Gina, we, um, we did FFH concert. Oh man, I never done a concert. FFH. I haven't heard that in a long time. (laughs) We were far from home. That's awesome. (laughs) But anyway, we had that concert and, uh, I did it with a group of other youth ministers and it was a blast. And, uh, so uh, now if I want to do a concert, because it's been established that I'm not going to tear up the building and mm-hmm. burn it up or anything like that, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the benefits. Uh, also, uh, you see the long-term benefits of your ministry. I have, now have in my ministry teenagers of the teenagers I had before. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll send their kids uh, to our ministry, even if they're not members of our church, just mm-hmm. because... Uh, they pretty well know uh, if they're going on a trip with me, they're going to be taken care of and they're going to follow the rules. Yeah. Um, now, do you find um, that those parents are more interested in being volunteers as well since they they grew up in your ministry and now their kids are a part of it? Yep. I got uh, well, I got three parents going this year to on our youth trip because they've been before and they know how things operate. That's uh, awesome. So we I love that. Uh, I tell the teenagers at the beginning of the year when we were planning our trip, I said, now look, you're going to have to follow the rules and these are going to be the rules. Don't go if you don't want to go, if you're not going to follow the rules. Right. Okay. There are plenty of other places to go. <laughs> so, and uh, we try to run. The Air Force taught me it, it's kids want boundaries. Everybody mm-hmm. wants boundaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have kids that want to get close to the boundary edge, but for the most part, uh, we have some solid kids that will follow the rules and, uh, that makes the trip a whole lot more fun. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing uh, that I, I want to know is uh, you become more than the guy 
at the church that works with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you become, uh, so to speak, one of the ministers or one of the pastors. They'll come for uh, help ask you to do a funeral, uh, do a wedding. Uh, and I didn't make it a practice, and I still don't, just to do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I serve the entire church. Right. And uh, if the senior adults need help, I went and helped them. Mm-hmm. If somebody else needed help, I went and helped him. If the pastor needed someone to, to uh, fill in, I was willing to do that. Uh, so that kind of helps in the church, but also in the community. When you've been there long enough, it gives you um, more of a leverage to get into ch- the ch- uh, sure. other uh, places like schools, ball games. Uh, uh, since we've been, I've been there. Uh, we used to have to pay to get in our ball games, mm-hmm. okay, or find the somebody we knew were taking the tickets so right. we could sneak in. <laughs> uh, but since we've been there, I've encouraged them uh, to give every minister a free pass mm-hmm. and their families to the games, and we get we've been doing that for about ten years. Uh, but when we go to the ballpark, they knew who I am. Uh, part of my ministry uh, responsibility now is upward basketball and upward soccer. So I'm not only the youth guy in town, I'm the, the upward guy. Uh-huh. So that helps me funnel in to see other yeah, future no teenagers. <laughs> so, uh, and they could, they come to me. I don't have to go to right. them. And uh, one thing I do at ball games is I don't sit with the teenagers. Mm-hmm. I sit among the parents uh, and cheer for their kids and uh, uh, just just to hang out with with them. Yeah. I can, and I let the teenagers know that I'm there. But their parents also know, but their kids know that I'm there. So yeah. I think that's an important part of ministry. Is just yeah, I agree. Investing in the parents right. is huge. Uh, I love that. I love that. So, um, Terry, you've, you've shared with us the benefits of long tenure. Um, I would I would love to hear maybe what your top five tips for staying passionate about youth ministry are. If there were just five bullet point kind of top five Here's the things that I do to stay fresh, to stay passionate, to stay driven in youth ministry. Man, you really made it hard only writing five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first thing I would do, I said, uh, uh, I'd make sure you stay filled up spiritually. Yes. Okay, your spiritual walk will not only be seen, but affect everybody in your ministry. Uh, and I always teach out the overflow of my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh if I've read something, I'm telling the teenagers on Wednesday yeah. or on Sunday. Yeah. If uh, God is speaking to me about a certain issue, I let them know. And I just try to stay up, uh, filled up spiritually. And uh, I let the teenagers know, look, I've read, I've been in the Bible app for three and a half years every day. And you know how that started? Day one. Yeah. Day two. Day three. And, they, and the other day, someone said, well, that's because you're old. I said, no, I started when I was young. Okay. But now I haven't been tra- old forever. <laughs> someone, is, someone is keeping track of it for me. Right. Now. The second thing I do is remember to build relationships inside and outside the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need somebody that's not connected to your church just to go talk to. Yeah. And I have a, a personal friend. Uh, he's a pastor of the Assembly of God Church down there. We have lunch once a month. And we laugh and we cry and we just build each other up. Uh, you need somebody like that. But you also need relationships in your uh, youth group, some people that will call you at any time. I made the mistake at my first ministry is to tell teenagers they could call me at any time. 
And they did. That's right. <laughs> and I got some advice from my wife to just tell them when they could call. <laughs> so, uh, but That's some great. of those relationships that I built from the very first church, they're still in contact with me. Uh, and in the, the second tenure, and of course now I got people that will call me and uh, kind of help out. You need other people yeah. to help you. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Uh, third point, uh, work the network uh, with other youth ministers, uh, with the state guys, Brandon and uh, Youth Ministry Forum. All those people just kind of make connects, those, jot down notes and give them a call or see what they're doing, find out on Facebook what they're doing. Uh, you need people to help you with this. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started, uh, there wasn't a network. <laughs> I don't think anybody knew what a network was. Right. It, if it was, it wasn't called that. And uh, I was more of a lone ranger. But when I moved to Alexandria, uh, I got connected with uh, J.B. Collinsworth and Kevin Bowles and you. And mm-hmm. I try to stay connected, even though I'm in Gina. Uh, you need other people to help you. Yeah. Okay. Because they are going through the same struggles you're going through and you need each other. Yes. Okay. Uh, man, I'm, I'm toy with these other ones. Don't be afraid, afraid to try something new. Uh, okay. I'm old and I know what I could do familiar. I could do those with some of those things with my eyes closed. Yeah. Uh, but I think you need to, to stay fresh and try something new. Uh, we used to do on Wednesday nights, we would take them to the youth room and bore them to death with a Bible study. Okay. Uh, we have a gym. And because we have upward basketball. So I tried this new, something new about five years ago. I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And uh, we're going to play a game for the first 25 minutes. Okay. I would get different teenagers to pick the game. Mm-hmm. I always, my favorite's volleyball. We always go to that every four weeks. We, go to play. we They know they're playing volleyball. And then we would do, gather them all up after that and do a short, maybe five to 10 minutes devotional. Mm-hmm. Pray for them, send them out, and it just took took over. Man, it, there's they would bring twenty or thirty, and uh, and we still do that, and because uh, I believe that um, if it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Sure. <laughs> so uh, and that's what they that's what they want to do every Wednesday night. So now I instead of picking the game, I let them pick the game, and I got teenagers that do the devotion. So I get to sit back and watch. Yeah. And here's what I watch for. I watch for kids that are not involved. So mm-hmm. uh, if we're playing volleyball and there's a kid that's never touched the ball the whole time, then one of my rules is everybody has to touch it before it goes under the net. Okay. Okay. I, just to connect them with them. And uh, if someone brings a visitor and they don't tell me their names, I make up a name for the guy <laughs> or the girl. And That's uh, great. It's used some, maybe something on their T-shirt like... The other guy, a guy came with a Marcucci shirt on. I said, hey, Marcucci, how are you? He goes, my name's Marcucci. I said, it is. It is now. <laughs> so I found out his name, and and now I call him Marcucci. Okay, but uh, anyway, uh, you can't be afraid to try something new. Mm-hmm. Even in your Bible studies, uh, sometimes you just need to let other people teach for you. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to do it at all. Yeah. Okay? I've learned, that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's going to be hard here. Uh, let me define a bullet point. Remember, it's a calling, not a job. Indeed. Okay. Uh, when I first got, it's the grind. It's going through the grind of every day uh, uh, that makes the job hard or the calling hard. 
Uh, but sometimes you just have to go to the office in case somebody needs you. Hmm. You can prepare all you want, but sometimes you just need to be there. Uh, I used to quit every Monday and then ask God to rehire me by noon that Monday. Uh, but I've learned that it's a calling. If you begin to see your ministry as a job, it will really get to you and you'll get tired of it and you'll get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage you. Uh, just remember, if God's not calling you to do youth, do youth ministry, he may be calling you to something else. That's right. You need to get out. That's right. That's if right. If he's called you to youth ministry and that's what he's called you to do, then you need to stay there. Yeah. And uh, the, the the grass may be greener on the other side of the fence, but it takes a whole lot more water too. That's right. So I just want to encourage you to do that. that. Terry, that's gold. It is a calling, not a job. And sometimes you just need to show up. That's right. That's gold. That's fantastic. Wow. Well, Terry, um, moving into the, the next question I wanted to ask you, I've really been anxious to ask you this question uh, because... I just think that you're you're about to drop some truth on us, and uh, I can't wait to hear your response. Um, a truth of longevity in ministry and long tenure at a church is that you've seen lots of different age groups of students come through your ministry, and you've also seen lots of different trends. Talk with us about how to stay connected or relevant when things change so quickly in the world of teenagers? Okay, first thing I always try to do, I arrive early. Whether it's on Wednesday night or on Sunday morning or in Bible study, whatever we're doing, and I just sit down and talk to whoever the teenager is there. Mm-hmm. And just to see how their week was. I'd always say, what'd you do yesterday? Or... Uh, how's school going or things like that. And then I just shut up and let them talk. Uh, so I, I try to connect with the people by just spending time with them. Mm-hmm. One of the things we do at camp is uh, I always find out a few teenagers and I said, let's just go get us a, a Coke and sit around and talk. Mm-hmm. And then I'll maybe ask a question and just listen to what's going on. Uh I read the local paper. We have a local paper, and it has everybody's little things they're doing and all that. And when they come on Wednesday night or Sunday, I let them know I read their name in the paper. Sometimes I cut it out, uh, and sometimes I just hang it on the bulletin board. Uh, I have resource people in the school system since I've been there a while, Mm -hmm. and they kind of let me know if some kid, one of my kids gets in trouble or something's going through the school. or, um, hey, you maybe need to talk about this or something like that. So I got people that know people that know people mm-hmm. that, well, they don't mind calling me and letting me know. Yeah. Uh, they'll call me to the school if there's somebody, if there's a death or something, mm-hmm. and just to be there. And uh, I don't need necessarily have to talk to anybody, just they know that I'm there. Yeah, presence. Yeah. Uh, I already talked about going to their sporting game, their games. Uh Go to their dance recitals. Go to things that you don't necessarily want to do. The band concert, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, those have not always been special, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I went, and they knew I was there. And uh, so uh, that's how one of the ways I stay connected. Uh, and we talk about issues. Um, 
Uh, we, we talk about the race issue. We talk about the gender issue. We talk about the things that are going on in the world today. And uh, I always revert back to my story because I know my story mm-hmm. about when I was growing up, we still had those same issues. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I don't try to give them the answers. I just tell them how I did it mm-hmm. and how God helped me through that. Uh, I talk to the parents. Uh, when I'm on Wednesday night supper, I usually sit with them or at the ball games, I sit with them. Uh, or when I see them in church, I just, I just ask them how they're doing and how things are going on in their life. Uh, I, I look, I cheat sometimes and steal from other people's ideas. I go to Walt Mueller's website and get his, his take on different issues and uh, things like that. And I listen to podcasts a lot. Uh, I listen to this one and I've listened to uh, uh, Lifeway Students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I got this, this weird idea, okay, uh, that most of those guys on those podcasts are talking about people in big churches. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so I know that everything they're going they're going through tons more than I do. Okay, uh, but I I do I try to be a lifelong learner. So uh, I don't think I ever I'm never going to arrive. Uh, I'm always looking for other things uh, like um, youth ministry forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to that every year. I could find some reason not to go, but I learn every time I go, and. Uh, and I'm always, I'm always get more out of it than I ever thought I would have. And it's just wow. great. And it's great to see other people's faces. You know? Sure. Sure. Hey, there's a fellow struggler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, and I appreciate you saying that because my, my heart and my goal behind the forum is for that, for, for us to network and enjoy time together, but to learn um, because it's so important. And sometimes it's easier to address those really big, difficult topics in a collection right. like that and, and hearing from somebody that's uh, either trained or an expert or, or knows you know a little bit more about that topic than we do. Well, Terry, um, as you were sharing, I couldn't help but think um, what, you're, what you're teaching us uh, is that relationships are so much more important than programming. Exactly. And I think sometimes, um, well, I, let me just be honest. I know myself, it's easy for me to get into programming and thinking about how do I make this Wednesday night the best it can be? Um, how do we pick the best camp? How do we do all those things? And those things aren't bad. But what you're sharing with us is is so rich uh, because you're sharing the, the importance of relationship. And that's what ministry is about. Um, I'm, my mind is racing through the New Testament. That's how Jesus interacted with his disciples and with the other people that we read about in the, right. in the New Testament. Thank you. Thank you for reminding us of that. That's, that's huge. Well, I want to, to keep asking a few questions um, about youth ministry. And uh, maybe these are... Uh, maybe a little, little more fun for you to answer, to think about, but if you could sit down and have a conversation, um, with Terry Townsend, uh, in that first youth ministry role, that first church, what advice would you give yourself? 
Wow. I could write for a long time here. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you need more than one plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, went with, I went with this great uh, idea of how things would work, and I had it all planned out. Uh, back in the seminary, back in those days, we had to make a, a calendar for a year, for a year right. of all the things you'd want to do and all the th- Bible studies and stuff like that. Um, you need more than one plan because <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of things did not work out. Yeah, They worked out on a calendar, but they just didn't work out where I went. Uh, I had these grand ideas that you could go all these different places every weekend. You would stay busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has money to do that. Right. And you don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I also learned, uh, I would tell myself, minister to the kids that come and don't worry about the ones that didn't come. Mm. So uh, a lot of times I would do events uh, that first year when only two or three people would show up. Mm-hmm. And I planned for 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't take me long to figure out that those one or two or three people were who God wanted me to talk to that particular yeah. day. Uh, and uh, work on those others. Uh, not everybody's going to come to everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they're just not going to come. Yeah. Okay. So you just need to get that in your brain. Yeah. Too. And if, if I can interrupt you right there, I think that's so important for us to learn. And, um, you are referring back to to Terry in year one. If I could speak for a moment to all the young youth pastors, if you can catch hold of that truth, um, not everybody's coming to everything. Success is not dependent upon attendance. Um, it's freeing and helps us to remember and realize the importance of, of ministering to the ones that are there. That's right. Uh, I would tell myself, Get parents to help you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're your key. Uh, they they speak to the about the rest of the church and for the other church. Um, remember, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are going to be good days and bad days, and just because you have a bad day doesn't mean God hasn't called you in the ministry. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I would also say. Terry, remember, every kid is important, not just the ones with the, they have it all together. Because uh, more than likely, those are the kids that aren't going to remember you. Mm. Uh, and first names are more important than last names. Wow. Can you say that again? <laughs> uh, first names are more important than last names. Wow. That's, that's huge. So good. Well, uh, there's a few questions Terry, that we ask everybody on our podcast, um, and you've you've kind of shared that uh, that you're a lifelong learner, that you're always trying to learn, and I think that's important that we continue to learn and grow, but that also we share what we've learned and uh, and help other people to learn and to grow in their um, in their walk with the Lord, in their vocation uh, as a. a youth minister or whatever vocation they're in. So a few questions I'd, I'd love for you just to, to kind of give us a quick answer on what, what book are you currently reading? Or, um, since we're getting into summer, maybe, maybe, uh, you've kind of taken a break from reading. So if, in that case, what would be the best book you've read currently? Okay. Currently I'm reading the greatest generation by Ted Brokaw. And, uh, because my father was part of that generation, 
Mm-hmm. It just talks about World War II and all those. And I just, I passed that book, I don't tell you how many times, but I decided just to read it about the stories of people that uh, allowed us to do what we're doing now. Yeah, they, no they made They paid the ultimate sacrifice or they went into the military uh, and when they came out, they were different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, also recently read Counterculture by uh, Chick, Chip Ingram. And it just talks about the different issues that were going on maybe 10 years ago that mm-hmm. we're still dealing with today. And he has, he deals with what the Bible says about that okay. issue. Uh, I've read Follower by Ken Eidelman. It's just a, a follow-up to uh, Not a Fan. And just to remind me that I'm not a fan mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a fan. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the field. That's but the, right. I want to tell you the be- about the best book I, I've ever read, and it's still, uh, I still remember it to the day. Uh, it's, book, it's really a fictional book by Andy Andrews called The Noticer. And okay. it's a book about perspective. Mm. And every one of us need perspective. Uh, and it's a series of two or three books, but... Uh, it made such an impact on me that uh, if we'll just gain a little perspective on what we're going through and allow someone else to share their perspective of what they're going through, life will be a lot richer for us. Wow, that's great. Well, you, you know, youth ministry, we have a ton of resources available, especially in, in these days. Um, lots of different uh, advertisements and things come across our desks and we're made aware of a lot of things, but what, what would be one of the most valuable youth ministry resources that you currently are using? Wow. You want me to narrow it down? Uh, first of all, I would, I, I want to encourage everybody to come youth, to youth ministry forum. I know we only have it once a year, but look, and I'm not saying this cause Brandon's here. Uh, I'm saying that you need to be in those, uh, conferences because he bring, they bring in people that you and I normally wouldn't talk to, but they, they're right on target. Uh, like the guy from Nam came, and uh, just the excitement that he had about sharing the gospel reminded me how exciting it is to share the mm-hmm. gospel. Uh, but I got to hang around with the other youth ministries, talk to people, Julie and you, and those are just good times to come and get some good garb and, uh, but man, you always a lot richer. I use, uh, YM 360, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, not because they send me emails all the time, but I found their resources to be valuable. Uh, usually when I get a resource from them, I read it and I say, yeah, this, this will work in, in where I am. Yeah. And I usually buy the students each book and I say, here's the deal. You want to grow in your Christian life? Here's the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of them haven't been read, but I know that some of them have. Uh, I go to Youth Pastor Summit at least once a year just to hang around with other guys. Yeah. Uh, and just to to feel someone pouring into me instead of being always being poured out. For sure. Uh, I, I said earlier, I use Walt Mueller's website about youth trends just to kind of keep up what's going on. Uh, but a lot of valuable resources are right in front of us, other people that are going through mm-hmm. ministry. For sure. Uh, and they don't always have to be youth ministers to help you. Exactly uh, right. There's other pastors, um, all the guys at the building here, most of them know me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any problem just walking up to them and 
and ask them a question and they're very encouraging and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, if one thing is COVID has taught me, you need other people. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Right. <laughs> Well, Terry, um, man, this has been really good. I'd love uh, for people to know where they can where they can find you, how they can follow you, those kind of things. Are you active on social media? Well, I do have a Facebook page, and I try to check it like every other day. Okay. Uh, Mainly, I do that. Uh, I'm on Facebook uh, because our church has uh, this Facebook Live, and I want to hear some, see some of the people's comments, Uh, catch up with old friends. A lot of people. Uh, who have been in my youth ministry before mm-hmm. will catch up with me there. Uh, I try to keep up with what's going on here at the building through that uh, their website and their Facebook page. So, yeah, I think Terry Townsend, ordinary guy on Facebook. And uh, that's my only presence other than you can email me at terrytownsend2003 at yahoo.com. I do check that every morning. I love it. I love it. Hey, that gives a direct line, right? Instead of having to chase you down. Well, friends, there you have it. I I gave you a warning that this would be incredible. Terry, I want to thank you so much for coming and being with us today on the podcast. And um, also to thank you for your service uh, in uh, the military, but also the incredible service you've allowed God to do through your life in student ministry. And uh, thank you for sharing just a truckload of gold nuggets with us. Well, friends, remember that you can find out about the forum and youth ministry events here in Louisiana and lots of other resources on our website. That's www.labaptistyouth.com. And don't ever hesitate to contact us if we can help you in any way. I hope this has been an encouragement to you and helpful to your ministry. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon. The Forum Podcast is made available by your church as you participate in the cooperative program. For more resources, please visit louisianabaptist.org.